0: Last week, we had a great message. Uh, We had James, Graham, and Mitch up here, uh, and they they continued our series. Um, uh, It was called, I Will Send the Holy Spirit. Um, And was the Holy Spirit sent. The Holy Spirit was sent. Sent. And uh, one thing that Graham was talking about, um, he talked about how the Holy Spirit resided in the tabernacle. And then they built a temple, and the Holy Spirit resided in the temple. And then Jesus came, and he walked among people, and then when he left, he sent his Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us, and uh, and then we became the temple. Um, and he, you know, he said, "Walk in spirit and in truth." Um, and it was just so powerful. We are going to continue that series. I think we're wrapping up the series, the "I Will" series today. Um, but Pastor RJ is going to come up uh, and give a very timely message called "I Will Give You Rest." Come on, Pastor RJ. But before I go. I just wanted to give a disclaimer for everybody and just say, um, this is the last week that you will be hearing about Pastor IJ's fantasy football team. Thank goodness. Because when I beat him today, um, he'll be out. And uh, I'm doing it for you guys. I just wanted to let you know, just so you don't have to hear about it anymore.
1: So I kind of threw a little shade in your direction, and then I lost. So let's hope that he threw some shade in my direction. And uh, I think we're actually projected to be within one point of each other right now. (laughs) Some of you don't play fantasy football and some of you don't care. That's okay. We have fun. Uh, I want to thank you all for participating in the four weeks of giving. Um, This year, um, I'm hoping that the truck is filling up out there. And if you didn't have a chance, you can still run across the street there's a few places you can go and uh, pick up some canned goods uh, to, to bring in uh, today for them. I was talking to Jeremiah across the way, and he said that last month, I think they had 900 families come through. Uh, that's a considerable amount of support um, that our community needs right now. And um, that's our local Feed the Hungry initiative initiative. Um, Now, um, Peter Pretorius for for Africa had passed away a few years ago. His son, Isaac, has taken that with uh, his wife, Terry. And uh, anyway, uh, very nice young couple doing a great job over there. Today, we are going to conclude the I will statements of Jesus. And uh, we're going to conclude with, I will give you rest. And I find that that's... Such a timely word for where we're at in our world today. How many know it's a, it's a busy season? Any of you feel a little bit busy sometimes or a little bit stressed or feel like you've got a lot going on right now in December? No, I'm talking to the wrong group. <laughs> so with the hustle and bustle of the day, end of the season, where we're at, I mean, we're getting ready to celebrate the birth of Christ and uh, But there's so many people that are so worn out and exhausted. In the middle of all this, Jesus says, come to me if you're weary. Come to me and I will give you rest. And uh, rest is really God's idea. Um, in Genesis 2, in verse 2, he says, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. I don't think God got tired creating the heavens and the earth. I think that he was just trying to implement a principle for all of us that we need seasons of rest. So we work six days and then we need to rest one. And, and we need to make a point to set aside one day for rest. And, and rest kind of means Stop working. Some of you don't know how to do that. But I think God knew that life was gonna have the capacity to exhaust us. And um, just curious, has anyone ever been exhausted? Has anyone ever pushed really hard and you've come like to the end of your own strength and you're just tired now? A few of you, Okay. Some of you are so exhausted you couldn't even put your hand up just now. I see how it is. In Psalms 46, verse 10, Jesus, well, the, the scriptures are telling us, be still and know that I am God. And I will be honored by every nation. I'll be honored throughout the world. And you know, one of the ways that we receive rest or we come to a place of rest is you just have to kind of stop and sit and be still in the presence of God or sit quietly with God. Now, some of you can sit with God. Um, some of you have a really hard time sitting quietly. Do you know what I mean? Some of you have a hard time with the awkward silence that happens when conversation lulls, so you have to fill it with something. But none of you have ever done that, right? And... Um, <laughs> Wow, and um, you have to learn to stop your mind so that you can rest when you're sitting with God. And it helps when you're trying to hear his voice, but we'll talk about that in a a couple weeks. But how many know that you have to learn to discipline your mind to be silent so that you can come to a place of rest? Kayla, were you here for a service? Can you come up for me, please? Take one of those. This is Kayla.
0: Hello. Do
1: you know what we're gonna do?
0: Um I can't remember. I was talking to Marjorie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what we're gonna do right now, in this moment, while you're here, yes. okay. When you go to have some quiet time with God or when you lay your head down to sleep at night, what conversation does your mind have? I don't need to go on the personal stuff, but what does your mind do?
0: Um, well, I'm thinking about what I have to do. Yeah,
1: today. yeah. So do that out loud into the microphone right now. kind
0: Of Of what I have to do just, tomorrow? Just, just
1: kind of go through that sequence in your mind. Go okay. ahead. Just talk to yourself. Well,
0: okay. Today I woke up and I was thinking about the exam that I have to study for tonight, so I had to redirect my mind. So you can okay, see. Keep talking,
1: keep talking, yeah.
0: And I need to stay focused. As
1: her mind is um, doing that, it's making um, it really difficult for you and her to hear what I'm saying really right now, isn't it? Because we're both, we're both talking at the same time.
0: And when we're both talking
1: at the same time, it's really hard, hard for us to hear anything.
0: That I have to complete.
1: That's pretty good, hey? That was pretty good. Can you see how difficult it is to rest when your mind does not know how to stop? Thank you for coming up here, I appreciate it. (laughs) See, we have to learn to silence our mind, but most of you have self-talk going on inside your head up to 200 words a minute, even while I'm talking right now. You're carrying on a conversation with yourself. I know Kieran's over there thinking about, okay, did I put the right guy in my lineup right now? Because, no, he's actually focused on what I'm saying. But see, the Bible is pretty straightforward when it tells us what the requirements are for serving God. Okay, now, the context of today's conversation, I will come to me if you're weary, if you're heavy laden, if you're burdened, I will give you rest. But oftentimes, people create activity or create rules and regulations that are not necessary to obey God. What does God say about? We repent of sin. We have faith in the sacrifice of Jesus. We get baptized and we obey his commands. You know, love God, love people and tell others about me. We obey him. So in Galatians 6, which I wanna go to now, the scriptures kinda, it, it concludes this passage that I'm gonna read to you with, let's not get tired of doing good. So in Galatians 6, 1, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, so here's the context. A fellow Christian brother or sister in the faith that falls into sin, which could be anyone in the room. Did you hear me say that? Could be any one of us. We all can fall into sin. You who are godly, should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. So how many consider themselves godly? Okay, I'm really concerned. (laughs) Are we still too exhausted to put our hands up? (laughs) If we're godly. But see, with that godly, there comes a maturity where we can help someone who's struggling without judging them Jesus is the judge. I don't have to judge people. Okay. And, and it says gently and humbly help them back onto the right path. So if someone's struggling, you come along beside them and you gently and you humbly steer them back onto the path that is right. But so many times, oh, that poor soul. How could he ever do that? What is wrong with that guy? You know, you get into judgment. And here's why it's important that you don't get into judgment when you're trying to help people. And this is often a good indication of your level of maturity because it has to do with your love walk. The next statement, be careful not to fall in the same temptation yourself. Because when you pass judgment on someone, you open the door for that to come into your life and you end up walking in the same way of life. Share each other's burdens. Has anyone ever had a burden? you know, have you ever had to lift something that's kind of heavy? Isn't it so much nicer when someone comes alongside you and helps you carry that thing that's very heavy? You know what I'm talking about? Like, (laughs) I had bought my kids a basketball net, and I put 800 pounds of sand in the base so the thing wouldn't blow over. It didn't blow over, but the bolt snapped and broke the pole. (laughs) It's like the base didn't move. (laughs) but I needed to um, lift it up. So my daughter, they had some friends over, so I recruited their friends and said, hey guys, come out here. (laughs) I got all these guys to come and help me lift 800 pounds of sand so we can dump it out. I couldn't have done it by myself, I assure you. So share each other's burdens in life. When you see someone with a burden, you can come alongside them and try to share their burden, make their life easier easier. Help them. Come alongside them. Okay? And in this way, you obey the law of Christ. I want you to catch this. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Don't ever put yourself in a position where you think you're above it or above someone. I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. You're no better than your neighbor. We're all working it out with Jesus, okay? Pay careful attention to your own work instead of what your neighbor's trying to do for then you'll get satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Don't we tend to do that as humans? We kinda are supposed to be working on what's in front of us but we wanna look at what they're doing to see if we're doing it better than them. And then we start beating ourselves up because we think they're doing it better than us even though we're doing it better than we're doing what we're supposed to. No, yes? We are each responsible for our own conduct. You know who's responsible for your actions? You. You're not responsible for your husband or wife's actions. You're not responsible for other people's actions. You're responsible for your actions, Period. Now, in 2023, we live in a world where everybody wants to blame everybody else for everything else. Shouldn't say everybody, but many people like to blame other people. It was my mother that made me do it, or my father that made me do it, or the dog did it, or I don't know. It was the teacher that didn't teach me good, so I failed the test. Right? we like to blame others but you're responsible for your own conduct you're responsible for your own actions your own attitudes those who are taught the word of god should provide for their teachers sharing all good things with them then it says don't be misled you cannot mock the justice of god here's where god's justice you will always harvest what you plant 100% of the time what you sow you will reap what you plant you will harvest it's going to come back around Those who live to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. Those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. And then he says, right in the middle of this, right in the middle of this, he says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Some translations say, don't get weary in well-doing. Okay, that means in the middle of life, Don't ever get tired of doing the right thing. Don't ever get tired of being a blessing to someone else. Don't get ever tired of sharing someone else's burden or steering someone else back onto the course that's correct. Don't ever get tired of owning your own behavior and your own actions and doing what is right before God. Okay? Don't get tired. And at just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So many people do it for a season and then give up and they don't reap the harvest because they didn't wait long enough because I've learned something over the years. Honey, no, God's timeline and his plan for harvest is usually different than your timeline and plan for harvest. Has anyone discovered that? (laughs) Yeah. And then he says, therefore... Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. So when opportunity is presented to you to do good, for instance, four weeks of giving, opportunity to do good, to be a blessing. And you guys have done great. As a church family, I am thrilled to say you've been doing a great job responding to the call getting behind the projects that we've selected for this year and you're doing a great job doing that. But how many know we only highlight four weeks of giving and wear these red shirts up here so that everyone can highlight it during December as we're going into the Christmas camp. But the truth is we as Christians should live generous every day, all day. 52 weeks a year, there's people that need support. 52 weeks a year, the food bank has to open because there's families that need to eat. Now, right now, we're trying to build up their stocks a little bit because they've had a greater draw on them. So, for instance, you might say, well, I don't have a lot of money, so I can't give a lot of money to the cause. That's great. But you you can come and you can put together food to give to someone else, or you can come and you can vacuum the floor, or you can come and you can wipe down the windows or clean the toilets, or you can... You know, there's lots of things that you can do to add value to to bear one another's burdens. Here's the truth. If everyone in this room would simply engage on the level that God has called them to, there would be no lack. But there's some that haven't engaged on the level that God has called them to or asked them to. So there's lack, and that means either someone pulls double duty and has to do two things or three things or five things, okay? Or it doesn't get done. That's the reality of the world that we live in. Now, God's grace is sufficient, and there's no judgment for me because you know what? I see you guys have a few little ones there. I remember having four little girls at home. Oh, my goodness. There was one day they were all screaming, crying at the top of their lungs and I remember looking over my wife and said hey I think we should have a fifth and she was like stay away from me you freak (laughs) (laughs) don't even think about it (laughs) children are a blessing but there's days when they push you to your limits don't they (laughs) so let's not get tired of doing what is good so so, what I'm saying is, depending on the season in life you're in, you might have more finances available or you might have more time available. We understand this, but God has called everyone to contribute in a way that you can. Did everyone hear me say that? God has called everyone to contribute in the way that you can. So, get involved wherever you can, however you can. The truth is, not enough people have signed up to invest in our children right now so my wife instead of being here with me is down the hall in kids church because there's a need and we need to fill it. That's the truth. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. She'll never complain. She's happy to go serve. She likes going in with the babies. (laughs) As long as they're not hers now. (laughs) You know. Uh, But The scriptures are clear, you know, help other people stay on the path, be responsible for your conduct, you reap what you sow, and don't get tired in doing what is good. Jesus in Matthew 23, verse one, he says to the crowds and his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So in the day and hour when Jesus was here on planet earth, the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law, they were the ones that took the law of Moses and told people how it was supposed to be applied to their life. But then Jesus makes this crazy statement. He says, so practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. In other words, do what they say, but don't do what they do because they're not doing what they tell you to do. For they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and will never lift a finger to ease the burden. This might be a revolutionary statement for some of you. Religion does not bring you rest. It brings bondage. Wait, what? Aren't we in a church celebrating with our church family? You are. But I want you to understand, religion in and of itself is mankind reaching out to God on their terms. So we create the structure, we create the system, we create the style of worship, and we say, God, you're gonna be pleased with us if we do A, B, C, and D. And E and F and G and H and I and J and K and L and M. And, N and O and P and Q and R and S and T. And A, and BB and C, C, and DD and keep going. You seeing where I'm going with this? Religion is an unrealistic set of rules and regulations where man expects that they're going to keep all these rules so that they can please God. You will exhaust yourself trying to keep the rules, and some of you have, and some of you do. Has anyone tried to keep all of God's commands, and you're exhausted? And you're frustrated because you fail miserably sometimes? I mean... Has any one of you ever broken one of God's laws? Some of you are still too exhausted to raise your hands. (laughs) The burden of self-righteousness or righteousness through self-works is too great for you to carry. Some of you are striving to be good enough. You just want to be good enough. You just want... You need to come to the end of yourself and realize that you're never going to attain it on your own, by your own works, by your own merit. Lay the stress and pressure aside and lay it down at the feet of Jesus. And listen to his words when he says, come to me, you who are burdened, you who are weary, because religion is often a heavy burden that we put on people. Jesus didn't want people to be religious. He wants people to have a relationship with him. He wants people to come to know him in the power of the resurrection, and he wants them to live the best life possible from the inside that's alive and vibrant and thriving. That's what Jesus has called humans to, not to be under the oppressive weight of these rules and regulations. Yeah, he's called us to live a holy life, but he wants us to live in freedom, not in bondage you'll find that true peace or rest is only found in Christ. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 in the Amplified, don't be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance and situation, by praying and prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, the peace which transcends all understanding, the peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. God wants you to have peace. Peace and rest kind of go hand in hand, but you're not gonna experience this rest until you learn how to stop. Can everyone say stop? stop? Wow, my brain just went to a... When you stop worrying, when you stop stressing, when you stop talking... Remember, Kayla was up here a minute ago. Nobody can hear anything. How are you resting to hear what God has to say or what he wants to speak over you? You can't quiet your mind. When you stop doubting, when you stop the unbelief, when you stop trying to earn salvation, you're not gonna be free until you can stop and just be with Jesus. Just rest. Come to him and rest. Rest. It's rest for your mind, it's rest for your body, it's rest for your soul, it's rest for your spirit. Watch, Isaiah 26, verse 3 amplified. You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character, because he trusts and take refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. You know, when I was young, I did that a lot. I would lay down to sleep and my mind would start racing and racing and I would recall every conversation I had and I would recall all the sports things and all the school things and all the, you know. I mean, I remember, has anyone ever done 10 key? You know what 10 key is? Where you're typing on a, a keyboard pad, the, the numbers, the number, the number pad only, 10 key they call it. You know what I'm talking about? If you're doing data entry with with numbers, I see someone saying yes. A good military encryptor who's doing 10 key will do like 24,000 characters. You know, I think I was doing about 16,000 characters at one point, you know? But but here's a keystrokes per hour, I think is what they, but watch. I remember doing 10 key in my sleep. I would I would be dreaming of typing in numbers at some point but I wasn't resting. And I remember speaking this verse, you will keep me in perfect and constant peace if my mind is stayed on you. And I'd say, Jesus, I gotta focus on you and your word. And I wanna receive your peace. And I would visualize myself receiving his peace. And I would declare the word of God over my life. You can, you can ask my wife when you see her, but when I lay my head on the pillow, man, I can go to sleep because he gives me peace. And I just turn the brain off and I go to sleep. I set it aside. And and there's a place where God will get us there, where we can rest in him. And, but we got to trust him and we got to start declaring the word of God. And we got to discipline our mind to stop talking. And that's really hard to do. If you jump down to Isaiah 40, you'll see that hope and rest are actually connected. Like, Do you not know, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become tired or grow weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives strength to the weary and to him who has no might, he increases power. Even youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for and hope in him will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift their wings and rise up close to God like eagles rising toward the sun. They will run and not become weary they will walk and not grow tired. Doesn't Jesus say, come to me, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He wants us to come to a place of rest inside of our lives where your soul is at rest, your mind is at rest, your body is at rest. And we know that we're gonna have eternal rest with him because he's promised us eternal life. And I'm gonna read about that in just a second. And I'm gonna kind of start closing it down with that. But his burden is light. God does not put a heavy burden on humans. In fact, he took the heavy burden off us, the penalty for your sin, which was death and eternal damnation apart from God. He took that off of us. He, took, he says, bring your burdens, lay them down. Cast your cares. Have you ever heard that? You know, we have to watch our words sometimes. And, and I, I find myself doing this but, but we have to be careful because people say, take care. I don't want to take care. I cast care. Think about it. I know what people are saying when they say, take care. Take care of yourself. But the truth is, I don't want to take care on. I want to put care on the feet of Jesus. I want to lay my burdens down. I don't want to carry my burden. I want to lay them down. Do you not want to lay your burdens at the foot of the cross? But we have to get to the place where we start doing that. And some of you have a really hard time because you lay your burdens down and then you're done praying, you're done spending time with Jesus and you walk over and you pick them back up and you start carrying them again. No one's ever done that here though. In Matthew 25, talking about resting forever in eternity. This is a very sobering passage actually. It's quite, quite sobering. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, so when Jesus returns with all the angels with him, he's gonna sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered in his presence. He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. So Jesus is coming back as the judge and he's gonna separate the true servants from the pretenders, the imposters, the ones who are faking it. In fact, there's many scriptures that say, in the church family, when we meet together like this, the sheep and the goats come together in the same place. But God's the one who's gonna discern the hearts of the men and women that are in this room. I don't have to. God's gonna do it. And when he does that, the ones on the right and the ones on the left, and the king will say to the ones on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me and I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home and I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick in prison and visit you. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. When you served someone who was hungry, when you put some food out in the bin so that we could serve our community, when you brought someone in and showed hospitality, when you bore one another's burdens, when someone was struggling, you came alongside them and started walking beside them in their time of need. You're serving Jesus and you will be rewarded for it. If you do it to the least of these. Then the king will turn to the ones on the left. That was the goats. Away with you, you cursed ones into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. That is not what you want to hear Jesus say to you on the judgment day. I promise you, you don't want to hear that. And then he's gonna say, for I was hungry and you didn't feed me, I was thirsty, you didn't give me drink, I was stranger and you didn't invite me in your home, I was naked and you didn't give me clothing, I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they'll reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they, the goats, the ones who refused to help, will go away into eternal punishment. But the righteous, the ones who did what Jesus told them to do, will go into eternal life or eternal rest. See, you get to choose because you're responsible for your conduct, how you are going to live this life and what you're going to do. You have to choose what you're going to do today. You have to choose what you're going to do tonight. You have to choose what you're going to do tomorrow. It's easy to be a Christ follower when you're here with your family of fellow believers at church and we can say amen and hallelujah and God bless you and life is good. But when you walk out the door and go back to your household or when you're at the workplace or when you're out with your friends or when you're out in the world, sometimes it's a little bit more challenging to stand up and do the things that God has called you to do. But God is calling men and women everywhere, including all of us, to be a blessing to the world around us. And again, I think as a whole, there's many people in this room that are doing the best they can before God to be obedient to what he's asked them to do and they'll be well rewarded for it. There's some that God is speaking to you and you're feeling a little convicted right now and you need to make those adjustments, but you're responsible for your conduct. I don't want to guilt someone into doing something because I just want to tell you what the word says. Now that said... Let's stand together as we get ready to go into communion. And I was, uh, funny, I had a conversation with my wife last night, because she can be one of those people that goes, you know, go, 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 wake up, hit the ground running, and, and go, okay? And, and... Last night, I was encouraging her. I said, hey, why don't you just come sit with me for a few minutes and we'll sit on the couch and maybe we can watch some football while the game was on. I wasn't trying to be romantic. I was just trying to spend time with my wife. It's one thing for me to watch a movie with her and that's another, no, she tends to watch more football than I watch Hallmark, but anyway, Uh, my point is simply this. She went up to the, I don't know what you call it. We have a little closet cabinet and she was gonna get something out of there, but then it wasn't necessarily organized or clean to her satisfaction. So like a half hour later, I'm like, what are you doing? Cause I'm hearing like this box hits the floor and this plastic thing. Well, she reorganized the whole cabinet and made it look like it was supposed to, but I was like, I walked up and I was like, she described it this way earlier, she said, Woman, don't you ever rest? I don't usually call my wife woman, so <laughs> I don't refer to her that way. But but I was like like love. I was like, what are you doing? Like you're supposed to come sit down. Or you're really having a hard time stopping right now, you know. But it's a choice. You have to make a choice to rest, because otherwise, you likely won't. You have to make a choice to slow down and sit in his presence, or you're not gonna. I mean, how many of you wake up every day, and without intention, you find yourself sitting in the presence of God, quietly meditating on his word and his principles? A couple of you. It just kind of naturally happens. You've probably developed a pattern in your life over years through discipline, (laughs) But many people, they get distracted by the cares of this life and boom, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And the next thing you know, it's the end of the day and you're like, oh man, I didn't even sit with Jesus yet. Father, right now, as we have the bread in our hands, I thank you that Jesus came to set us free. Not to put us under the shackles of religious bondage, but to bring us to freedom by his spirit. I thank you, Lord, that when Jesus says, come to me, lay your burdens down. If you're weary, come to me. When Jesus says, I will give you rest, he really meant that our bodies can be at peace, that our souls can be at rest, and that we're gonna have eternal rest with him forever. Lord, as your saints right now help us Help us to stop, help us to stop the crazy and to sit in your presence and to just rest, to be with you. Lord, I thank you that anxiety is being lowered. Blood pressure is being lowered. Heartache is being healed right now. Many things that drive us, Lord, are getting laid aside so that we can be inspired by your spirit to do the things that you've called us to do, in Jesus' name. And for the cup today, I really felt we're supposed to pray Psalms 23 over our lives. And for those of you that are new at prayer, one of the greatest ways to pray is to pray the word of God over your life. So Father, I thank you that the Lord is our shepherd and we have everything that we need. You provide for us, Lord, all that we need. And you let us rest in green meadows. You lead us beside peaceful streams. You renew our strength and you guide us along the right path, bringing honor to your name. Even when we're in the dark places, the grief, the sorrow, the anger, the temptation, Lord, we will not be afraid for you are close beside us and your rod and your staff, they protect us and comfort us. You've gone ahead of us and prepared a feast for us presence of our enemies and you honor us by anointing our heads with oil your spirit God is present in our lives and our cup overflows with blessing surely Lord your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue us all the days of our life and we will live in your house forever Father I thank you for the blood of Jesus that set us free from anxiety, from the curse, from fear. And that you purchase freedom for your children so that we can come to rest in you. Even in the middle of a busy season, even in the middle of adverse circumstances, even in the middle of financial turmoil, even in the middle of drama and chaos, we can be at rest with you, God because we trust you with our heart, our soul, and our, and our body, in Jesus' name. So church family, I've encouraged you today on resting with him. And in a moment, you're gonna go back out into the world, but we live spirit-led lives. We live lives where the spirit of God speaks to us and we obey. I'll encourage you in the middle of all the busyness, continue to seek God for what he's calling you to do. And if there's a place where you can come alongside us and add value, please feel free to do that. If you're participating in the uh, fill the truck, please do that. If you're giving to for Africa, please do that pretty sure that the downtown outreach has been taken care of and I'm pretty sure that the uh, there's one more week but and the, there's people already on, on slate I'm pretty sure that the uh, Safe Families is already done, they've picked up all those gifts, thank you all the needs have been met to my knowledge Christmas Eve morning we're going to have a walk through you'll come in through the kids church and you'll work your way down it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun day make sure you bring your children family, friends come and join us Christmas Eve night, we have a special six o'clock service. If you have one of those little battery candles, please bring it. We have a bunch of them, but we may not have enough if everybody comes. Um, And do keep your peace this week. Don't get caught up in all the nonsense out there. Keep your peace. Keep your mind stayed on him. Sleep peacefully, rest in Christ. And you know, here we equip the body of Christ for everyday discipleship. This is what we do, which is why we end our service with Windsor Christian Fellowship. You've now been equipped. Go. Blessings.